Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Good morning, Liz. Good morning, Deb. How are you? <sighs> I'm kind of. I kind of feel sort of. Uh, uh, you use the word tired. I don't know if I'm tired or just mellow. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I I feel a little bit of a sense of relief. Uh, again, I'm still extremely busy. Still right. have a big, huge event on Sunday. Right. For but, your uh, this. This is for your studio for and for school, your yeah, um, yeah your school. Yeah. Uh -huh. So have a, a lot of preparation, and that's an all-day event. And then after that, we have to go over to Fulton 55 because we have a Hall of Fame event. Oh. So okay. we're going to be gone from 8.30 in the morning, probably till 9 or 10 at night that day. Oh, just wow. All, all day long. All day long. Okay. <sighs> so I just, I feel like I need a week somewhere and I don't know where, you know. I feel like I can't. Can I ask you a question? Can't this take is, any This time is personal out. and you don't even have to answer it. Okay. Or you know you don't have to answer it publicly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do you have a do you do you have somebody who comes in and cleans your house? No, no. So you do it yourself. Okay. So on top of all of that, you've got to kind of keep up. And are you okay with as you know things like or let go? You know the windows I, don't get done or the vacuuming or whatever. I, I start getting super antsy okay. after three weeks mm -hmm. of feeling like. Yeah, I start feeling super, super antsy, and then I get into this kind of, Greg used to call it cleaning mode. I get into this mode, and then I'm sort of pissed off, and I'm going really fast, and I'm, you know, um, so when I'm... Which probably makes your partner feel a little bit guilty, yeah. and a little bit yeah. anxious, and a little bit, and you're probably, your intention is probably to do all of those things. Well, I mean, subconsciously or yeah. consciously, I don't know, I'm, maybe I'm projecting no, myself onto no, you. <laughs> I, well, I do do a lot, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm the one who typically takes care of the laundry and the cleaning, and I do our bills, and uh -huh. I do a lot of kind of, I'll say, domestic-y, homey things. Yeah. John, for the most part, takes care of the yard. And I would say that we split the grocery shopping. Okay. If we do cooking, he cooks more than me, for sure. Okay. And um, But we don't cook every day. Right. And there's lots of days where we don't even eat because we're both too tired and we... Oh, so Deb. so we have a lot of that. So yeah. we don't... We don't... We're not on any kind of consistent schedule or pattern which I wish we could find a groove like that right you know that would be kind of nice if we could find that but so I'm I don't have any like big huge gigs coming up I don't have I do have gigs coming up but they're not things that I have to do a ton of preparation for they're just more fun playing at gazebo gardens right, with Vince right and right right it's easy yeah and fun yeah you know so yeah. So that's all good. Um, so yes, and I, you know, my birthday's coming up, and I, I've been in a little bit of turmoil over that. Of course. I don't know, you know, turning fifty 
seemed okay. Turning 60 seems a little bit harder for me. I, but So I'm doing a few things for myself. Um, I'm getting a tattoo right here on my arm. Ooh, what's um, the tattoo going to say? Do you know? Yes, I do. Um, do you want to share? It's a butterfly. I love so it. So when I was 10 years old, I was a very creative kid. Right, right. When I was 10, I, I drew this picture of a butterfly. And my father, maybe I've said this on this podcast before, my father sent it in. He and his, and his wife, my stepmom, Sarah, they lived in San Francisco at the time. And in the San Francisco Chronicle, they had a thing called the Junior Art Champion. <laughs> so my dad sent in this picture of this butterfly that I drew, and I won. Nice. And so they published my butterfly in the, in the Chronicle, and I have a copy of it. <laughs> and That's great. So I thought, you know what? That would be a fun tattoo yeah. To have. Yeah. And so I sent, but but the the drawing that I did, first of all, it's not in color. It's in black and white. I don't have the original. Okay. And the um, the lines are super thick. Right. So I had an artist friend of ours kind of render it with smaller lines, yeah. thinner lines that would, yeah. you know, be tra- able to translate transfer to, to, to it. tattoo. It, it still looks like that. I mean, yeah. I know that it's that butterfly, and I can see that the similarity. So yeah. yesterday I took it over to the artist, and I told him the whole story, and he loved the story. And so we made, we got the size right, and so he's going to play with it and do his magic to it and then okay. send me some pictures on my phone. Okay. And Lily's going to come with me okay. to get it. So I did that. And then the other thing that I did is I went to a nice jewelry store uh-huh. and I bought myself a ring and it's really pretty and I love it and they're sizing it right now so I don't have it. Nice. Um, and I'm making a promise, it's a promise ring to myself. So, and I won't go into my promises to myself right, right now, but, but it's a promise ring to myself. So I, I have some internal work that I need to, to do. Oh, I love that. I, I, I do. And um, so my promise to myself is that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through with the internal work that I need to do. And I'm not going to let my fear of certain things stop me. Okay. So those are my things. And that ring will be a reminder. Uh-huh. So yeah. th- those are my things for my 60th birthday. Does your ring have a stone in it? It or? has it has a little, you know, I write XOXOX a lot on yeah. things, like when I'm writing cards and stuff yeah, yeah. I have my whole life. So there's a little teeny little X of diamonds. Oh. And it's white gold, and there's a little teeny X on I there. love it. So I love it. It's like a little promised love to myself. Yeah, I bought myself a necklace just before I turned sixty, which is a heart with a with a tree inside mm-hmm. of it, and um, it's beautiful. Just I yeah, I know, and I just broke the chain. I was brushing my hair oh, and I caught Uh-oh. the chain, and it wasn't at, by the clasp. It was you know in the middle of the chain, and it's such a fine, thin well, chain. I'm glad you broke it. And you realize oh, it instead yeah, it was, of losing right, it. Instead of losing it. And it was, you know, it was in my bathroom. And it's just a fine, thin chain. It probably will cost $30 to replace or something like that. As opposed to fixing because it's, you yeah. know, it's right in the middle. It's, yeah. anyway, it's difficult to fix. So this just happened day before yesterday. But it's got this, you know, the tree inside of it. And 
it just has always spoken to me. These trees have mm-hmm. always spoken to me because they have these roots, and yet, you know, the leaves fall off, and then they mm-hmm. are new again mm-hmm. every year. And, you know, the different branches, my kids, I just want them to be encouraged to go and to, you know, and to leave yeah. the tree. But yeah. I want them to know that the roots are always there, and they can, you know, they, they're still a branch yeah, yeah, that's yeah. still attached. It makes so. me think of... Um, the first tattoo that my daughter got, she has the giving tree, oh, and yeah. it goes it goes right across her, her 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 back right here. Right, and it's just so cool. That's awesome. I love that book. Yeah, I, I do too. <laughs> when I was young and you know reading that book to my kids, I could never get through that stupid book without <laughs> crying. Here goes mommy crying, <laughs> poor old man. <laughs> No, I couldn't get through that book. But you know, that's a that is a story that we should be embracing and sharing mm-hmm. and loving on. In fact, maybe I'll go home and put it on Facebook and maybe see if I can kind of encourage. Because here's the thing: it doesn't matter how old we get, mm-hmm. we still have something to give. That's right. And it doesn't matter if we have if we feel like a part of us have died. There's a part of us that's still living. That's right. And can still you know can give add, add to and the world. add to the world. Yeah. And we can be a place of comfort for somebody. Or we can be a place of, um, you know, disruption and a place of confusion. Right. Um, it's all kind of up to us. Yeah, it really is. So, yeah, The Giving Tree, that that book, that's book's been around forever and ever and ever. Everybody needs to read that Everybody needs to read it. You know, and it reminds me, my son got a tattoo, his very first tattoo. He came home and, you know, he was 18 years old and um, not in a super good place at that point in his life. And he came home and said, mom, look, my friends and I all got matching tattoos. And so I, it was supposed to be an iron cross. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've all seen the iron crosses there. That's what it was supposed to be. But it looked like the top of a cootie catcher. If you can remember those little cootie catchers that we used to have when we were kids, where you would fold the paper yeah, and yeah, then yeah, open yeah. it up. Oh, yeah. And you would go back and forth and open up. Yeah. This, and then you would pick a number, number yeah. nine or whatever, and then you'd open it up. It's like the early precursor I, to the magic eight ball. I or totally something. remember. A and people cat- would right inside of it and you opened it up saying you're in love with David or your um, you know hair is going to fall out or whatever these silly little (laughs) things that kids would write inside of this little cootie catcher so if you open it up ever so slightly it uh, it that's what the tattoo looked like that's the best way I can describe it and I just went oh that's well okay then you know what are you gonna say yeah and um years later he had it uh covered up and he had it covered up with the tree of life okay and so it's this big tree that's now on the side of his arm yeah but and the word life is written in among the leaves oh cool so it's mostly covered so all of that (laughs) iron cross slash cootie catcher Is all covered, but the word life is written inside. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it's actually very beautiful. And I'm not sure he would have ever done that design had he not... Wanted to cover something. Wanted to cover yeah. something yeah. up, yeah. you know. And yet it turned out very beautiful. And isn't that a great metaphor for all of us? Mm-hmm. You know, we can make mistakes. Which is 
the point of this podcast really is is sharing about really who we are and the things we've done and some of our regrets and whatever. But we can we can morph into yeah. sort of my butterfly, yeah. yeah, you know, into a new chapter and making new choices, changing, cha- cha- making some changes, making some changes. And the tattoo, the ta- you know, the mistakes of the past mm-hmm. can be turned into something um, beautiful. Exactly, my daughter. Got her first tattoo was not her first, her maybe second. Anyway, it was, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but when she was in, well, I do know how to describe it. It's supposed to be a skeleton, and it actually looked like a bowling ball from like the um, Flintstones. <laughs> so it was like a, a squirrely kind of looking bowling uh-huh, ball, is uh-huh. what it looked like. It was supposed to be a skeleton, in, okay. a, you know, kind of an artistic yeah, yeah, skeleton. Yeah. But when she lived in Africa, she had that, she had the country of Africa put on her, you know, to cover that up. And then she put the banner across it that says, Be the Change. Oh, nice. You know, and it's just beautiful. I bet. Because it just, you know, she was inspired. So that little bowling ball, if you will, that, that skull. <laughs> Yeah. is at the very bottom of the country of Africa and it's and it's all covered up now but it, it it's just amazing how we can take some of the regrets mm-hmm. of our past mm-hmm. or some of the things that maybe we do differently maybe just a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know maybe we don't regret there's no use there's no use living in a place of regret exactly. for your past right because you, you can't change you it you cannot you cannot yeah so rather than living with a place of regret, um, you know, live with a place of, of, of learning, of education and say, gosh, I wish I hadn't done that. Right. I'm sorry I did that. But gosh, how much have I learned since right. then? Well, and I think what you're talking about, um, we didn't, I know we didn't exactly have a topic this morning, but I feel that we're morphing into one. But what <laughs> like you're your ta- butterfly. Yeah. What you're talking about, I mean... Then you, so you take a person, just an average Joe or and Jane, like right. you and I, we've got this life, we've lived 60 years on this planet, there's all kinds of things that, that, that has been in our path, right. our past, we've made choices, we've done things that we wish we had, we've done things maybe we wish we would do more of, you know, whatever, but then you add religion into it, mm-hmm. and now there's even more of an element of guilt right. that weighs on the people's shoulders of things that they've done and things they haven't done and choices they've made. And it's very, very hard to undo that mess mm-hmm. of choices that you regret plus the guilt that religion can sometimes bring. And I'll say Christianity or Mm-hmm. You know, and we've talked a lot on this podcast about, uh, you know, undoing that and deconstructing those things yeah. and, and trying to come to places of peace within ourselves and trying to do it within the confines of religion and whatever our construct is in our minds about our faith and our spirituality and our beliefs. Trying not to throw everything mm-hmm. out. Yeah, and, you know. and it becomes tricky mm-hmm. for, for folks, I think even more, who have some kind of a religious background to really be set free and be able to look forward and not have regrets and all of that shame and junk that 
you know, well, comes I, in that bowling ball. <laughs> I know, exactly, exactly. And and all that stuff that just keeps being piled up mm-hmm. onto that bowling ball until it just looks, until it's useless. You know, right. that, that, that something that once had purpose is now useless because a whole lot of crap has been, has been added onto it right. and has been, you know, and it's just... But I think one of the things that keeps us in that place of guilt is other people Mm -hmm. and the things that they say to us. I think you're right. You know, and they remind us all the time of the stupid things that we said or did Mm -hmm. yesterday or yesteryear Mm -hmm. or, you know, 20 years ago. And I am I'm embarrassed and ashamed of some of the things that I've said and done. Of course, but I cannot undo it. You can apologize if there are people involved. Yeah. But even even at that, if if an apology isn't accepted or whatever, you can't that's it. You got to move on. Right. Right. And I remember you know a, a ex-friend, you know, telling me that that I was jealous of her. And I've talked about this before, but one of the, you know, one of the things that she used as the example of my being jealous of her was that I was walking towards her in the hallway and when I saw her, I turned and went the other way. I have no choice, she said, but to assume you're jealous of me. Well, we have we have all kinds of choices, you know, but because she holds on to this belief about me that I turned and went the other way because I didn't want to be close to her because I was jealous of her. It's just bizarre. And so that's something that she has put on me right. and has told other people about me. So now there's other people who believe that I was jealous of this woman. And and it just... it it. What bothers me the most is not what she said, but that other people believe her over me. Yeah. You know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's sure. such a dumb, ridiculous thing. But I can't change what they're going to think or right. what they're going to say. Right. You know, and every minute that we spend trying to defend ourselves against a false allegation is a minute we spend trying to save a relationship that is already dead. Yep. That is that is true. That is the truth. And when somebody is is accusing us of something that we know is not true, we have to just recognize mm-hmm. that our relationship with that person yep. is already over. Yep. I I uh, it, I have a, a a past boyfriend, and that was really the reason why we broke up. You know, at the end of the day. I mean, we had all this wonderful stuff in common, and at the end of the day, he accused me of just, I mean, as outlandish as the things that you've been accused of. I know. You know? <laughs> and it, and at a point, you know, you can't even, I, I just, what can you do? Yeah. You know, now I I wasn't in the position where he was telling. Well, maybe he was telling people that, you know, I was doing all these awful things. But, but, what do you do? Yeah. You, you know, I mean, when you know in your heart that you weren't doing that, right? It's like, I I don't know. So, I don't know how you combat that one without. I mean, you just you have to move on. We have to move on from things. I know. I, and, and I know. And we have to just, we really have to dwell in this place of self-discovery um, mm-hmm. and self-love 
and uh, self a correction. I mean, if in fact we have done something or said something that has hurt somebody, we must apologize and we must self-correct. Right. Um, if we don't, well, then, you know, that's on us. That's but, on us. Um, but, you know, these if, if people come at you accusing you of something, then the first thing we need to do is look in the mirror right. and say, is it true? Is it true? Right. Is it true? Right. And if you know it's not true, then you have to go to the second step, which is what did I do that makes that you made her think that or them mm-hmm. think that? Yeah. You know, what what yeah, kind what, of what behavior am I exhibiting that is making you think these things? Right. And what word did I use that maybe you misunderstood? Right. Because um, I had a, I remember I had a, a pastor who, you know, years later told me that he, you know, felt that I was not worth having a relationship with. And the reason was, is because two years ago, you said that if I, if if you have to work with this other person, you won't do that. Well, that's not what I said. What I said was, if you want this other person to be in charge, then I want to know that. That was the word I used, is I want to know that. Because I always like to know kind of who's in charge. Yeah. So that I can come into a situation feeling like... So you know like, your role. So I know my role. And I appreciate knowing my role. Mm-hmm. When we're working as a team, I want to know my role. Mm-hmm. Am I am I just the little flunky who's over here? Which is great because I love being a part of a team so very much. Mm-hmm. That being a flunky is a is a treasure to me right. as long as I can be a part of the team. Right. And I love being a part of a team and I love being a team player. I have been in shows where I don't show up until the second act. Right. But that is delightful because I know that I'm a part of this team. Exactly. And so when he's talking up to me about this other woman, I said, great. But if you decide to put her in charge, because at the time I was the director of this particular group of people, I said, if you decide to put your in char- her in charge, I'll need to know that. He had a history of doing things without communicating with you. That was his history. And so I knew that he had this history because he hated confrontation. And that's okay, too. He's a human. Most of us don't and like... Most of us don't like confrontation. And so don't. because he hated it so badly, there was a, a long, long trail of people whose feelings he had hurt. So you were just trying to intercept that. So I was just trying to intercept that. If you decide to put her in charge, I'll need to know that. What he heard was, if you decide to put her in charge, I won't do that. And it was just a misunderstanding. Right. And how sad is it that because he hates confrontation so much that he couldn't just say, wait, did I hear you right? He assumed that he heard me right. Mm-hmm. And he spent two years trying to figure out how to get rid of me and put her in charge right. because I couldn't be trusted. Right. Which, of course, it it was so incredibly hurtful. But how many times have we maybe misunderstood a situation and have made decisions that have hurt other people because of our misunderstanding? And I think one thing that you just said is really super important when you are communicating with somebody is... You know, when someone says something to you, then, then you know, I mean, I've been in enough counseling to know that you're supposed to say, so what I hear you saying <laughs> exactly. is... Exactly. I've been in the same know, kind of counseling. What, what I hear you saying, so correct me if I'm wrong, what I hear you saying 
you know. Yeah. And and then the person can correct you if you're wrong. Exactly. And it should happen right then and there. Right then and Especially there. Especially if you hear something that you think is unkind or if you hear something that you think is um, outside of the you know, the team well, atmosphere, yeah. or if, if you think that some somebody's being cruel to another person. What if someone's g- just giving you an instruction? So what I hear you saying is you want me to go to the bank and then I'm going to go and I'm going to take $50 and I'm going to go to, I mean, just yeah. so you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, we have a, you know, there's a director here in town who runs our theater company and he's fabulous and he loves to use sports metaphors mm-hmm. to to direct you. So when he's directing, he's going to say, okay, what I need you to do is I need you to round all the bases and make it to third by the time, you know, this guy over here mm-hmm. makes it to the home plate. Yeah. So I need you to be at third base by the time he's at home plate. I love it. And I'm like, I, I. And so people have a hard time asking him to to speak in English. They have a hard time because they're like, he's the director, okay. And you know, you yeah. can see actors making notes. Okay, make it to third base. I don't know what that means. And so I remember one time there was a group of people and we were all getting ready to to start this workshop. And, and so he's giving directions and he's talking all these metaphors. And I said, all right, let me just say this. I have left my Dan to English Dictionary at home. So if you could maybe give me some English words. <laughs> and Did he laugh? He laughed. And the other people just kind of looked at me and put their head down. They looked at me and then they put their head down like, I cannot believe she just said that. But honestly, I wanted to know what my role was yeah, yeah. and what, what what the expectation was. And right at that moment, I didn't understand. And let me tell you what, here we are, I don't know, 20 years later, and every once in a while, he'll say to me, do you need the dictionary? Did, yeah. did you understand? <laughs> and he appreciates that I want to please him and that I want to understand want to know and I want to know what yeah, my role is, what, what my directions are. Mm-hmm. I want to know that. And I'm not going to make any assumptions. Yeah. And how many times have I made assumptions in the past or said things in the past that were misconstrued or misunderstood? And the assumptions have kicked me in the butt. Yep, I know. I know. And it and and you may have been feeling like you were clear as day exactly in communicating something exactly. and that's the problem with communication is we all have different filters and we all wear different glasses and we all have different experiences and we hear tones of voice different and there's all of those things that go into communication and boy it's it's one of the most important things on this planet and it's and it's really why we're in the mess we are. Well, and I think that part of why we're in the mess we are is because people are communicating through, you know, social media media, and they're using 140 characters, although Twitter's now 280 characters. So, you know, they have 280 characters to, to, to get out what they want to say. And it's very easy to be misunderstood. Mm -hmm. It's very, in fact, just recently, I I had a friend on Facebook who said, oh, well, there you go again, trying to put words in my mouth, but you do you. And and I'm like, wait a minute, you're misunderstanding what I just said. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth at all. I'm just 
I'm just telling you my experience in this area. She said, and she did something that you rarely see. She said, I'm so sorry I misunderstood. But when you're just reacting to something, you know, and you're using two sentences, oh, you said this, well, here, let me tell you my, you know, experience in, you know, a four... 10 words. Well, those 10 words don't tell your experience. I wonder if like in a hundred years, social media will have, um, or I'll say people will have adapted. I mean, social media is new to an entire planet of people who are now trying to learn how to communicate through this weird, strange thing out there that I don't know where the hell the effing cloud is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You know, there's all that. You know, I don't care where it is. I don't. <laughs> but my husband works for a company whose logo is the cloud because I, that's where all of their work like, is. Is is in the cloud. Is, where is the? Where is it? You know, it's it's under the sea in Iceland in big refrigerators somewhere. What? I don't get it. You know, and just you just have to believe that all I, your all your important information uh, is out there somewhere well, in this cloud. <laughs> and and people really have. They've tried so hard to communicate to me where the fucking thing is. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Deb? There are some things that we just don't need to understand. I know. You know, we just have to trust and believe and whatever. So yeah. But but you but, wonder but if, in a hundred years. Will all of this kind of have settled down because this will be the norm? I think part of what we're experiencing with all this social media is that people of our age group, we didn't grow up with this. Mm-hmm. Now, we're all the whole world will be grown up with this from now on because right. this isn't going away. Right, right. So there, it's like there's going to be some adaptation probably in our genetic code for communication in our brain wiring because of not having interaction one-on-one, but it's going to be through screens and stuff. And it's going to be, humans are going to change. I don't, you know, we probably won't see it in our lifetime, but down the road. Yeah. I mean, unless the world implodes, which that could happen. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. um, It's going to be a whole different like in 500 years. <laughs> right. Did you ever see that movie called, um, oh, I could never think of the name of it. And I can't even watch it to the end because it's so bad. <laughs> but it's about the people who who get um, frozen in a, they're like, they agree to do a year experience uh, experiment in the military. And it ends up being 500 years. And they wake up 500 years later and the whole planet, everyone is just so stupid. <laughs> And nobody can count, and no one can, you know. And and he, it's him. I can't, I can't remember the actor. And it's I think Maya Rudolph. And okay. they wake up, and he's the smartest person on the planet, and becomes the president. Wow. And he's. Well, not, I'm gonna have to look this movie up. Oh we'll put God. it in the show notes. Oh, you know, when, what's it when this podcast goes up, we'll put oh. it in the show notes. I'll look yeah, it up because there's people out there right now going. People, I know what it is. People know what it is. Yeah. It starts with an I, like. Oh gosh. Anyway, I'm 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 not I'm really not a movie person, so yeah. I don't remember movies unless I watch them a bunch of times and I have to really like a movie to want to watch it more yeah. than just once. Right. But anyway, it's 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 funny like and you've got mail that I've seen yeah, like 20 yeah, times. <laughs> it's 
poignant and it's scary. Yeah, scary. Yeah, yeah, you know, so. we already live in a world where like uh, college professors will not speak as long as they used to. So they might speak uh, 15 minutes yeah. and then they'll give everybody a break and then they'll come back. Whereas they used to speak for 45 minutes. Right. And pastors too. Pastors too. They've come to the point where they understand that a 20-minute sermon is about as, as long, long as as anybody as can go. People can take. Yeah, as people can take. <laughs> and it's not it's not the it's not the material, it's not the topic. It's the it's our attention span. Right. And our attention spans have severely shortened yep. because I mean, that's that's a good example of what I'm talking about. Yes, it's just and we're we're so we we don't want to sit through commercials. Mm-hmm. We stream everything so that we don't have to sit through commercials. And when you look back at old television shows, you know old television shows might have been about twenty two or twenty three minutes long, and all the and, rest and was... all the rest were commercials. And now they're down to like nineteen minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So when you see an old television show like from thirty years ago, you'll see that they are they'll break in really strange spots. Yep. If you know those yep. episodes well enough, you'll say, wait, they just cut out a whole scene. Yeah. Because yeah. they will. They will cut out a whole scene for time purposes right. because now they're broken down into little tiny, you know, four-minute segments mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. and then there's a commercial. Yeah. And so our, our attention span has already so severely been truncated mm-hmm. because of of social media, because of television, Mm -hmm. um, because of streaming, all of that kind of stuff. So it's really been, it's it's really interesting what has happened to our brains in just the last 100 years, the last 50 years even. Well, Sesame Street, I think, got accused of starting that whole thing. Oh, really? Of of kids not having, you know, attention spans because they would flip from one little thing to the next to the next. Yeah. And I I mean, I remember, you know, years ago, you know, people saying that it's Sesame Street's fault that kids can't pay attention. And I'm thinking, I really doubt that. but, But I do remember hearing, you know. Yeah. Or reading articles or something about that. So. Yeah. I also remember hearing about, a, you know, that we have so much, we have so many problems with kids with ADHD mm-hmm. and the diagnosis. It just seems that every other child is being diagnosed with, with a, some sort of yeah. um, learning, you know, something. learning. Yeah. And, um, and ADD, ADHD. And there is actually a school district in Texas that doubled the recess time. And all of a sudden, they cut out the majority of all of their conflicts and struggles that they were having with kids. And really? all of a sudden, there were fewer fights on the playground. The test scores went up. Uh, kids' ability to pay to absorb and to pay attention uh, completely went up because they were uh, breaking up their learning blocks into s- shorter blocks, whereas. Even now, like in this school district here, and I think the learning blocks are like an hour 20, something like that. It's a long time. It's a long time. Mm-hmm. And then they have a, and then they have one morning break. Right. And it's only about 12 minutes long. Have you been in a school cafeteria in the last 10 years? I don't think so. Okay. Not, not full of kids. Right. Right. So in school cafeterias, they might have, there's a little 
there's a little stuff that's going on next door. There's so a guy, if you hear there's a guy putting in a door, a door. So, so if you hear some banging or some drilling or whatever, mm-hmm. that's what's happening. Yeah. Um, so in a school, there might be three or four different lunch periods. Okay. Okay. So the there can only be what a hundred and. 50 kids or 125 kids that can fit in the cafeteria. So they've broken these out into like three because these schools are so impacted, right? Right. Well, I've been in multiple schools over the because of what I do outside of this. And so I've been in so many school cafeterias during these lunch breaks, and I have watched as these kids, I mean, parents, if you don't know what goes on, you really should go check it out. Because these kids are getting their lunch, they sit down, and then you've got people saying, you need to eat, you need to eat. And they have like seven minutes and they are going, okay, time's up. This table's dismissed. This table's dismissed. And really? I will that... watch. I mean, it wow. is. The turnaround is so freaking fast. And they will not let those kids take the food out to the playground. You know, they can't eat outside. They can't eat in their le- leisure. Mm-hmm. So you have two children. I have three. Um, and... And sometimes, well, four, I have four, but anyway, um, but sometimes when you, when you have different kids, you have seen that they eat differently. Sure. They, some, one might take their time and you know, one, you have one kid is like, come on, it's time to go to school. 20 minutes, they're still sitting there. Right. And I'm watching these kids literally throw away an entire plate of food because they can't because they can't eat in the amount of time that they're given they might take a bite they might take two bites but the waste that is going on in these school lunches is absolutely appalling number one and number two if any parents out there have their kids or grandkids coming home from school and are starving Mm -hmm. let me tell you yes they're starving they did not get to eat lunch and they certainly, or they at the very least, didn't get to finish lunch. Wow. Because they've got three or four lunch, you know, groups that they have to get in and out in a span I had of no, about... I had no idea. In a span of about 45 minutes. Because it might start at 11.30 and end at 12.45. But now you've got all these people. Sure, sure. You know, that they, you have to get in and out. And they're standing in line. They can't take their own food. They're, they're given food by the District. lovely women standing there behind with mm-hmm. their little nets and their little you know gloves. Mm-hmm. And so they're giving them food. The lunch ladies. The lunch ladies. Mm-hmm. And it is just, it, it's just kind of sad and overwhelming how much we're trying to just shove into kids in such a short amount of time. Yeah. And we're not giving them the breaks that they need. And listen, the older you get, the those that need for breaks does not go away. No, it a- absolutely not. I and like you just said, there are days when you were and your husband do not even eat lunch. But how healthy is that for you? Right. Yeah. It's we we have days where we don't. Well, it's where we don't eat dinner. Yeah. You know, yeah, we yeah. both get home and it's nine o'clock and it's just like. And then we'll wake up in the morning and do we even eat dinner? Yeah, well, we had like a handful of popcorn and a little candy. Right. Mm, that's dinner. Right, right. I mean, right. it's just, 
we're too busy. Yeah. As a society, we're too busy. But I know as an individual human being, I am way too busy. Yeah. That's yeah. always been my, my aholism. Yeah. <laughs> my, You're a workaholic I'm, or a busyaholic. I am. I totally am. Yeah. And I wish I knew what that was about. Because I do stop. I do. It's not, I don't feel like I'm like avoiding my self, you know, right. a lot of times people will say, well, you're so busy, you're, you're avoiding your problems, yeah. you're avoiding yourself. I don't, I don't know. I was in therapy too long <laughs> to, to, to say that. But I also know, I mean, you have, because we've talked about this, I think on this, on this podcast, we've talked about uh, times when you have put stuff like on social media that then gets blowback or pushback and it, it crushes your spirit. It does. It, it does. really crushes your spirit. Because I'm misunderstood. Because you're I'm, misunderstood. I'm misunderstood and I'm misinterpreted and, you know, and I think, God, don't you know me? You, yeah. You don't. But okay. in the midst of your busyness, yeah. in the midst, of, you might put something mm-hmm. up that that you feel passionate about right at that moment, mm-hmm. and because we don't have an hour to write it out and then read it back, yeah, 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 and then call in our friends <laughs> yeah. to say, hey, when you read this, what do you think about it? Right, right. You know, could could this be misconstrued? Right. Is someone going to misunderstand this? <laughs> and we don't do that. Yeah. We don't. We don't allow anybody to, you know, to to, I know. to edit what it is we're throwing out there. Right. And so in our busyness, in our need to respond right. quickly, right. we might say and do things that are hurtful or misunderstood. Yeah. And um, it, it's hard. It's hard That's... to be misunderstood. Um, but we also probably should give each other a little bit more grace. Yeah, a little break, people. Yeah. <laughs> a little break, a little grace. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if social media just went away, mm-hmm. a lot of what's going on would stop when you think about it. I mean, social media has been a really good thing in a lot of ways. It really mm-hmm. has. But, boy, I think that we could all agree, I think everybody could agree, that social media has really not been very positive and a lot of venues on this planet, right? You know, right. and um, if it just went away, I, I just I wonder what would happen. Well, there's a lot of people um, that I keep in touch with because of social media, and people that I've actually gotten closer to because mm-hmm. of social media. There's one particular woman here in town who's already. I don't know, late 70s or 80 years old, and I was in a show with her, you know, several years ago, and and as I and she's she's very active on social media, mm-hmm. and she's an incredible woman. I mean, I am so blessed and so grateful to know her, um, and she's gone through. She's a five-year cancer survivor at mm-hmm. this point, and she shares her yeah, you know, her journey. journey, and it is so inspiring. And I'm just so grateful that I can keep in touch with somebody like that. Mm-hmm. And last week, Tom and I went to the theater and we saw a show, the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. And Tom, was, Tom a was a speller. He was got called upon oh, the stage. A speller. Oh, yeah. good. It was hilarious. It was very good. It was very, very good. But she was at the theater that night and she came over to talk to me and Aww. she asked me how my feet were and I introduced her to my husband. Aww. And she just is such a delightful yeah, see, person. See, and that. And if it wasn't for social media, I would not that, know her. That part of social media is so great. On, on Mother's Day, um, 
we had a Zoom with four of us from high school that none of us have talked really in 40 years. And so, um, and that's because of social media, because of people being able to to connect. And we had just a great talk and we're going to do it again. You know, I mean, it was just so great to connect with people and to hear their stories and where they've been. And, and that is a beautiful thing about social media. But then you also hear stories of people unfriending and people's, I mean, people getting divorced because of social media and just all kinds of awful things. And so I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't have the answers. I don't know how to strike a balance. I just, all I know is I can promise myself. Yes. With your new promise ring. I'm going to promise myself to do the things that I know for me are what I would want someone to do back. Right. And trying to honor humanity the best I can. And if I see something on social media that I don't agree with or that, I mean, I have only blocked one or two people, maybe, I think two people that I can think of right off the bat that I've blocked on social media. And the reason was is because they weren't good for my mental health because of the things that they personally said to me. But it wasn't because of their beliefs. It wasn't because they think differently than me. It was because of something personal. It was because of something personal. And in the real world that's not on social media, I wouldn't have that person in my life anyway. Right. You know, somebody who's going to be that cruel anyway. Right. Um, but on the other side of that, I've probably had, a, you know, 20 people block me or unfriend me, which is very hurtful because I'm thinking, I accepted your views, even yeah. though they were different than mine, and yet you couldn't accept mine. And so, like you said, all I can do is be the person that I want to, I want other people to be to me. That's, yeah. that's the best I can do. Yeah. And so if you say something that I don't agree with, or, you know, I might respond to it, um, or maybe I won't. Yeah. But I'm probably not going to unfriend you. Right. Because right. I want to know you. I right. want, even if I disagree with you, I want to know sure. you. Sure, sure. And it hurts my heart and it hurts my feelings when I realize that people don't want to know me. Right. You know, they want to know this one 10% of me. They're like, I don't want to know that part. So they dump me. Right. Well, what about the other 90% of me? You know what? I'm never going to be around to bake a birthday cake for you if you unfriend me. That's right. <laughs> I only know of one person that's unfriended me. Only one. And I don't, but probably there's others because I'm probably too much of a bleeding heart liberal for some of my friends. Right, 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 right. And I only know because like sometimes I'll look at, you know, somebody's response to something and I'll go, oh, I haven't seen your page in a while. Let me click on your page and see how you're doing. And I'll click on their page and it will say, add friend. And I'm like, oh. Oh, okay. See, I don't even know how to see. So you're no longer my I don't even friend. Know. Again, I don't know where the cloud is. I don't know how to do that. I don't really care. I don't. Well, and some people will say, you know, just surround yourself with the people who like you. You know what? That doesn't help me be a better person, no, actually. No, it doesn't. And so I'm okay with having people in my life that don't like me. I, I really am. Um, because I can learn from them right. uh, as much as I can learn from the people who love me. Yeah, that's right. You know? I think that that's a good place to end. Yeah. I mean, we really can learn from everybody. We can. You know? But we have to be teachable. Are we teachable? Are we, you know, do we have the capability to learn? 
That's a good question. Look at everybody as the giving tree and recognize that Mm -hmm. no matter what form Mm -hmm. they take, from a tree to a bench, <laughs> yeah. they, can, they, they, they can serve you yeah. and vice versa, yeah. and you can serve them. Yeah. So when we meet next, I will be in the 60 Club. <laughs> so we'll see you guys next week. Uh, this is our 71st episode, wow. and it's been pretty cool to yeah. just uh, share our skeletons with you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you all later. Bye. Bye. Happy birthday, Deb. Thanks. Bye. Bye.